Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, you have something that you want to talk about today, and it's a great expression that you have called, the future is always normal. Mm. So what does that mean? That's a really interesting, intriguing statement. Well, you know, I'm in my late 70s, Shannon, so I've had a lot of futures since 1944. And it suddenly struck me because I was at Abundance 360 with Peter Diamandos. This is a collaboration that we at Strategic Coach have with his organization. And it's to keep the Strategic Coach clients who are really, really interested in technology kind of up to date because Peter is a great advanced scout. He's a great explorer of technologies. I thought it was especially great this year because it was done on Zoom for the vast majority of people, you know, and that wouldn't have been possible when we started 10 years ago Mm -hmm. with the conference. This was our ninth conference, but we started the project 10 years ago. What I'm noticing is the extraordinary increase in hype about new technologies, you know, it could be anything, artificial intelligence, you know, and virtual reality and 3D printing and going to Mars. What I noticed is that we're doing things normally today, which 10 years ago were on the drawing board or they were just being introduced and they weren't very good. So even though we've had a full year of an incredible technology, which you and I are using right now, Zoom, at this point, it just feels normal to me, mm-hmm. okay? But what it has done is given me great appreciation backwards of what we can do today that we couldn't do a year ago. So what I'm noticing is just a constant reality that it seems to me that the future, no matter how exciting it is when you think about it ahead of time, when you actually get there, it's just normal everyday life, but your past got more exciting because you made the change or you made the improvement to go from where you were at a certain point in your past a year ago to where we are today. And I find that the past year is very, very exciting when I think about the past. It's not the future that's exciting, it's the past that's exciting. That's interesting, Dan, because most people have a sense that the past is static. It just is, but the future is what could change. But you're kind of saying the opposite. Like future, when you get there, it always feels normal, Mm -hmm. but your take on the past could change. Can you talk more about that? I remember it was one of the Academy Award winners I don't remember his name, but he was an actor. He got up and he received his Academy Award. And he says, I guess it's all downhill from now. And I was really struck by his concept because probably, you know, sometime in his future, he would do something that was received in such a great way that of all the actors, he's the one who was given the Academy Award. And I'm sure that that drives the dreams of thousands of people, okay? But he was saying, well, I got it, now what do I do? Which kind of told me that the moment of going up and receiving the Academy Award was just a normal thing. And it wasn't what his imagination excited him about Mm -hmm. previously. 
And then we have other examples of people, you know, sports championships. You know, they've done very extensive investigations of what happened to the 12 astronauts, American astronauts, who actually walked on the moon. So the entire Apollo project with various trips to the moon, 12 people actually walked on the moon. And they found that for the most part, they had serious emotional and mental periods after the event. That was probably a very, very long dream, you know, because the ones who actually were on the Apollo trip were probably born in the 20s or 30s, 1920s, 1930s. And, you know, they got fascinated with flight. And then when the war came along, they were probably fighter pilots in the Second World War, the Korean War. Then there was the competition to become an astronaut. Some of them were test pilots. And then they, who's going to be selected as astronauts? And then who's going to be selected for the next trip that goes to the moon? So it's all excitement, 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 excitement. And my feeling is that what we demand from the future is that it transforms us. We demand that the future, when we achieve something, when we get to a certain level of success that we will be a transformed human being but when we get there we're just a normal human being because human beings are really good at normal we practice it every day (laughs) (laughs) yes we do yeah so my sense is that there's this real sense of disappointment that it wasn't as transformative as i thought it would be and therefore i have to have an even more exciting future because i thought this was going to be the exciting future but it's not And it never stops, but whenever they get to any point in their future, it's just normal. And since a lot of people are trying to escape from their past with the future, I'm going to have a really exciting future because my past is negative and I want to get away from that past. But what I notice is that the last year, for example, in the way that Strategic Coach has transformed itself as a company and as a program, is me looking back, it's one of the most exciting of all of our 31, 32 years of being in the program version of Strategic Coach with workshops. Hands down, it's the most exciting year of the first 32 years. I just love this past year. I keep deriving greater and greater transformative value out of the year that we've just had. But I feel normal. I mean, I feel normal today. And every day through that year, I felt normal. It's just that what we've achieved has just been extraordinary. So, you know, I think what you said is really true. We demand that the future transforms us. We think we're going to be transformed. So if that's not necessarily the case, because we're going to feel normal, you know, having made progress, what's the trick? What is the way of thinking about this that doesn't put us into that trap? Well, the transformation is actually the comparison of your present with the past. Okay, so the transformation actually happens backwards. It's not something that's in front of you. It's actually backwards. And it's the greater value that you attach to your experience. And a lot of the experience is having a negative experience and transforming it into something positive. Mm. You know, that's really where a sense of transformation comes from, is that you were confronted with something which was painful, it was scary, it made you very uncomfortable, it disrupted you. But in spite of all those negative things, you 
got a handle on yourself and you gave yourself a new direction, you developed new capabilities, you committed yourself, you were courageous. That's where our transformation is. It's not in some future event, it's what we did measuring backwards from today back to how we've transformed ourselves. So it's transforming and learning from the past that is actually- That's where all the excitement is. That's where Mm -hmm. all the excitement is. And I have to tell you, if you don't find excitement in your past, I can guarantee you, you're not gonna find it in your future. That's so true, Dan, that's fascinating. And this ties into the imposter syndrome that we've talked about a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was interviewed actually just a couple of weeks ago because I'm doing this year, I'm doing my who, not how interviews. So Gord Vickman, who's my manager, he receives invitations for me to be on as a guest on other people's podcast series. And I said, I will do it, but we have to talk about the book, Who, Not How. I said, so throughout this year, I will be on anybody's podcast who will allow me to talk about the Who, Not How book as part of our marketing for the book. But he asked me, he says, you know, for some reason, the last six months, he says, there's been so much talk on the internet. There's been so many people doing new intellectual products on this issue called the imposter syndrome. And he says, do you have any thoughts about that? And I said, yeah, well, actually I do. I said, because I just deal with entrepreneurs, you know, and have for close to half a century. And a lot of them don't get the bang out of their entrepreneurial career that they thought they were. So when other people compliment them, say they don't feel that they should be complimented because they don't feel it's accurate that they really aren't that great and they really haven't achieved that much. That's kind of the imposter syndrome. So he says, so how do you think about the imposter syndrome? And I said, well, first of all, half of the people who feel like imposters actually are. Okay, so 50% right off the bat, the feeling they have of being an imposter, that's a very, very accurate feeling, and they should treat that as scientific result. Okay, they are imposters. Okay, let's take the other half. And I said, the other half who feel like imposters have this feeling that when they get to where they want to be, which they are now, it's going to be transformative. They're going to be a different person. They're going to feel totally different about themselves, and they don't. And the difference between how they actually do feel and how they thought they were going to feel gives them a sense of being an imposter. Mm -hmm. The other people are trying to use future achievement as a way of escaping from a negative past. And when they get to the new achievement and they measure backwards, the past is just as negative as it ever was. So they feel like an imposter. And it strikes me that person can never win, you know, no matter what they put in front of them or what heights they achieve, it's never, ever going to feel the way they want it to feel. Yeah. Yeah. People develop artificial ways of feeling, you know, various kinds of addictions that, you know, alcohol, drugs, you know, risk various types of dangerous behavior and everything else, because it kind of gives them a sense they're kind of transformed. But one, it's only momentary. And then secondly, it's destructive. So mm-hmm. someone once described a tattoo, you know, and the tattoo is a permanent memory of a momentary excitement. You know, it's sort of like a, a momentary obsession, but you got a permanent record of a momentary <laughs> obsession. And 
to a certain extent, almost every addiction has that quality that for a half hour, for an hour, for a day, you feel kind of like transformed. The only problem is you feel even worse before than when you got into the experience. So there's a downward spiral. Mm -hmm. But I think it has to do with this demanding that the future be a transformative experience. And I just accept that the future is always going to be a normal experience. But looking back from any point in the future, my past is going to get better and better. That is so cool, Dan. So the future is always normal. What gets better or worse is your past. So really, in terms of someone who is kind of feel like they might be trapped in that imposter syndrome or their thinking habits don't support them, what is one thing that they can do to kind of just enjoy their past more and transform that a little bit? What's something that they can actually take action on? Record three daily wins that you're proud of. At the end of each day, say, what are the three best things that happened to me today? Nothing else gets considered, just the three things that are improvements. Do it for a month and you're on a roll. Very cool. And then you'll be much more excited about your past Mm -hmm. and the future will come normal. That's fantastic. Dan, thank you so much. This is a transformative conversation, I think. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Shannon.